Hello, everybody, and welcome to Untether.tv. I'm your host and founder, Rob Woodbridge. Again, again, folks, this is what brings me great joy. I have this pride of my city. It's Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, the nation's capital, which means the capital of Canada, a great technology hub, and I have an amazing company here to talk to you, talk to us about uh, some deep-seated important issues. The company is Graphite Software. The man on the other side of the screen is Alec Main. He's the co-founder and CEO. Hi, Alec. Hello, Rob. Thanks for that great introduction. Well, we are going to be talking about a bunch of things. And, you know, I, I, I love this because uh, you are a, a true startup, but with a veteran, veteran, veteran team. Uh, you've been doing this for a couple of years. You have uh, slowly been trying to formulate your strategy. I think you've locked onto something that is pretty cool. Uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, how what you guys do helps manage identities, manage secure spaces, maybe a little bit of branding spaces. We're going to be going into a little bit of detail about this. Probably going to gripe about the weather a couple of times throughout this whole thing. Um, maybe more than a couple of times throughout this whole thing, but we are we're going to talk business and this transformation that is going on with your company and Graphite. So before we get into the details, I got to give you a few minutes to describe what you guys are doing with Graphite. Yeah, sure. Uh, we have uh, developed a virtualization solution for Android for smartphones and tablets, and it allows you to divide your phone up into multiple different spaces, which we call secure spaces. So the company names Graphite Software which was named after, uh, I think, uh, a, a golf, uh, golf uh, habit that one of my co-founders has. Uh, but uh, the product name itself is actually Secure Spaces. And, uh, and it really, it, you know, there's been dual persona type solutions. BlackBerry has the balance solutions, ways of dividing things up into work and play. Um, and what we've done is come up with a very lightweight but secure solution that does that. Um, but allows you to create many, many different spaces. And this has really, I think, you know, opened up all sorts of possibilities and made us realize that we can use this in many, many different ways and that, you know, life is a lot more complicated than just work and play. Um, you know, my personal life is, you know, multifaceted. As I wish it was just all play. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we so, all? Uh, so there's many different ways to use this, and there's, uh, there's lots of, uh, you know, Thing, uh, applications like you mentioned with maybe mobile marketing that we can talk about as well. So that's the kind of core product. Why, why, why do this? You know, certainly uh, BlackBerry was very adamant about this whole process between, I call it the mullet, right? Which is like you're, I'll party from the front and I'll, I'll, I'll work from the front and I'll party from the back. And, and when you talk about dual personas, you've got the work and you've got the play. Um, and, uh, you know, that resonated with a whole bunch of people around bring your own device to work, um, that whole the movement that's going on. But why get, why get into this space? What did you guys see that was so important that you had to jump in? Yeah, uh, you know, it probably goes back. We could even go back and talk about the history of and our expertise and, uh, and the work we've done in the previous companies, which kind of led into a lot of this. Uh, well, you do. You have a very, very... Um, well-established, mature team with exits. Behind. Like you guys know what what business. So it might be a good idea to give you know perspective about the team that you have behind you. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, you know formed the company with a few good friends and colleagues uh, from our previous company. Uh, so Paul Litva and Ron Vanderkeest. And the previous company was called Cloakware. And Cloakware was a funny little Ottawa company, which was not kind of the usual networking gear uh, company. Uh, really geeky company and we took compiler technology and security guys so you know the two geeky ends of computer science and combined them into one 
And uh, we had a you know, very successful company. We were deployed on billions of devices, um, and we did obfuscation and key hiding and hardening of software, which sounds a bit counterintuitive. But our customers were Microsoft, Apple, you know, very likely you're using it today, uh, Cisco, Intel, AMD, all, all those guys, Nokia, BlackBerry. And in 2007, we were sold to uh, a company called Iridetto, who still has a great presence and a great office here in Ottawa. Uh, we were sold for uh, $72 million. So a nice exit for our VCs. Uh, and all those days, we were actually doing DRM, digital rights management. So we were protecting content. We've always been, I guess, on the, on the white hat side of things. Uh, you know, we, we didn't uh, have a hacking arm and a, and a protection arm. We were really trying to prevent people from hacking uh, client uh, solutions and hacking software and devices. Um, and so that was our, our, the basis of our expertise. And we're very familiar with all the different platforms and all the different techniques. And uh, I guess it was probably two things. One, one was that we, you know, wanted to move on beyond content protection. I mean, a lot of those problems had been solved. And we also saw a lot of that you know, moving out of the application level, moving down more into hardware, much more established uh, you know, technology and approaches there. Um, we also uh, wanted to get into something that wasn't, uh, you know, that everybody didn't hate. You know, <laughs> DRM, yeah. It's like since, since it, it's so controlling, right? Yes, and everybody yeah. has a reaction to that. Yes, you know, it's hard to explain to your kids. Yeah, I'm the one that's preventing you from that's ripping right. that. That's right. <laughs> the reason you can't share that with your friends is because of me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't go over very yeah. well. So we wanted to take uh, that kind of expertise and our interest in client security and also the fact that uh, we saw that security was needed to move more into the operating system. So Android's been just such a you know, tremendous success, uh, but it you know, has a clear market need for some improved security. Um, and we came up, uh, we've been doing some work in this area already around uh, what's known as the security enhanced Linux and security enhanced Android. Uh, which are all operating system approaches for you know locking down the the operating system against malware, and we also saw there was this big BYOD trend for bring your own device into the enterprise, and you know, a lot of solutions around uh, virtualization and you know things that are happening on the virtualization world on the server. You have to ask yourself, well, why can't we do that on the client? Uh, there's also some, you know, technology, uh, you know, called Linux containers that are starting to make inroads onto the server, and we're like, well, can't we bring this to the client to create really virtual spaces? But when we went about this, we said, you know, we're not coming at this from the our traditional white hat perspective of the enterprise. You know, let's look at this from the consumer perspective as well, because I want a product, I want a security product that I can use myself. And actually, that's probably the most exciting thing about our, our product that we have is that everybody in the company uses it. We love it. And I can show it to people and say, this is what I do. And this is the benefit to you, Rob, or my wife or whatever. And they all get it. You know, they all have their different reasons why they like it, but they all get it. And so that's quite a change from being a security compiler company, right, where, where we're doing software hardening using 
mathematical transforms, which nobody understood. So this is this is the fun part of it, and that's I guess a bit of the history of it. It's funny because you know you go from something. Um that is very very understandable sometimes loathed right which is drm but but there's an there's an established market you understand the principles principles behind controlling uh distribution of content to people who haven't paid for it or you know in its simplest mm -hmm. form and then you you move into this kind of thing managing like managing spaces and secure spaces um where where maybe you know rim's announcement back in the day with ios or ios with os 10 um oh. You, you kind of brought that to the forefront, but is there a difference now with what you're doing where you had an established market play and you exited from that and now you're trying to establish or become a beachhead in this industry? How, what's the difference between those two businesses that way? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's very different, but I think the whole kind of, uh, we call it domain isolation or uh, the virtualization on the client. I mean, there's, this has been around yeah. for a while. I mean, yeah. they've been trying to work on this. The big problems have actually been performance to a large extent. Uh, uh, you know, so there's there's type one and type two hypervisor solutions, and the, the problem is that you have to uh, either you know have such a huge integration overhead and rewrite all your drivers, which nobody wants to do, or you can do it a one-off and sell it. You know, there are, uh, you know, $2,000 phones you can buy that have all this stuff <laughs> the, in it. The black phone, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I need to know more about black phone, but yeah, I mean, you can get them from, there's all sorts of custom image people that will produce an image that's got hypervisors in it, and it's meant for highly secure uh, scenarios. But they, it's not consumer driven. Right. And, uh, and even the problem with all those solutions, any kind of hypervisor solution, is you can really run two two. Uh, Two images. You can run a guest image and the host image, or you know, a work and a play. And so, when people often talk about work and play, it's not that, uh, right. not that that's what the market wanted. It's that that's what the technical limitations were. You know, classic technology. We're driven by the technology, not about, about what people really want. So, when we started looking at this, we said, you know, we can provide a solution that is performant. We don't believe in you know, the security versus usability trade-off. We don't believe in that. Yeah. We think we can overcome that. We can have a solution that's secure and it is usable and actually we use it every day and it is very performant. And so that's really, uh, you know, that's a key part that's different here. It's, uh, um, it's an evolution. It's the next level of solutions uh, addressing the same problem. So, so from that perspective, I, I think it's a known area. We've just come up with what we believe is a, is a better approach to it. And, but it's all, also open because now we allow multiple spaces. It's opened up new use cases. So, yeah, there's a personal use case. Uh, and, we, you know, we can talk about that in more detail. But if you want to, you know, control your identity and the amount of personal information that, that's leaking, uh, you know, I can't, I can't prevent the NSA from sniffing, uh, you know, server traffic. I mean, that's going to happen. But you can, we can give you better control on your device of how you, you bucket your apps and your information and make it better map uh, how you live your life, I think. And then we can also have, uh, you know, delegated spaces that are managed by, uh, by third parties, which is another, you know, fascinating topic and just, you know, beginning of the new possibilities and new ways of thinking about exploring and discovering apps and, and receiving information. Well, talk about that, you know, managing, managing your identity for a second on from the consumer side. Um, why why is that important for the consumer when it comes to managing identity controlling the experience controlling what information is is being relayed to the applications there's got to be some kind of catalyst for you guys to realize that that's important 
Yeah, I think I think uh, you know what it comes down to is that on Android, even though it's got a bad reputation from a security perspective, you know Google's been doing a reasonably good job at you know at least on Google Play of filtering out the bad stuff. Um, and yeah, if you don't go to the nether world of the internet and sideload apps, you're probably in a pretty good shape. The problem is, is that the whole permissions model is broken, and that you know it's the old. It's the old click-through. We've all faced this on the PC, and it's happening again on Android. You want an app. You go to the Play Store or any store. You know, it says, you know, the other day I was getting a charades app. You know, we've got a bunch of people there, some kids trying to find some kind of game to play, adults, teenagers. Why don't we play charades? Okay, well, we can all write on pieces. Of, well, we'll just get an app for that. Nice. So you go yeah. on. Oh, there's a charades app. You know, I click on it, accept, and it comes up with the permissions. So yep. here I am in that moment. What are my choices? Yeah, I got everybody waiting. Peer pressure. They're looking at you. Raise up. Yeah. I can either say I accept or I don't download the app. And what does it want? It wants access to my phone records, my contacts, my, my storage. And you know, some of it's maybe reasonable. It wants access to the network, all this kind of stuff. And so what do I do? I say yes, and I download it. And the problem is, is that my phone, okay, without secure spaces. My phone only has one space. It's a converged device. My whole life is on that phone. My personal email, my work emails, everything. That app can go and look at anything, and, and you know, and that is exactly what they're doing. That was all that press a few weeks ago around uh, NSA sniffing the ad networks or the Angry Birds uh, traffic because it's just these are apps that are sucking information off the phone transmitting it unfortunately in the clear because you really don't know whether you can trust these apps but uh, but under android you're given the choice of accept it or install no, it and i've, I've yeah. watched my kids you know they download apps and they say oh yeah you just press accept there like nobody nobody reads what the permissions are right so to me that was a big problem i've you know, on my PC, and you know, I tend to segregate things. I have different contexts for different times, and I, you know, and I feel that on a, on Android or on your mobile phone, it's becoming this con wonderful converged environment. But it's leaking a little bit more information than I'm comfortable with. So with secure spaces, it's very simple. I download Angry Birds or that Charades app, and I move it into a space that has all sorts of games. It has all those kind of dubious things that I download. And I, but it doesn't have any contacts in it. I don't have my email in it. I don't have any accounts. The apps work perfectly fine, but they can't suck my information off the phone because they're isolated. So that's a that's a case of a personal use. And I, you know, I think that uh, you know, there's always this. You know, and there's all the debate too in the press around you know security versus privacy, and that there's this trade-off. I don't believe that. I think we can actually we can achieve. Privacy. You can contain, can have control of your privacy and still have security or safety in the sense of, you know, anti-terrorism and all that kind of stuff. You know. So I mean, you know, in response to the NSA stuff, uh, Obama came out and said, well, you can't have 100% security and 100% privacy. And and he's probably right. Mm -hmm. You can't have 100% of both of those. But it's not. Also, it's not a zero-sum game. It's not 100% of one and zero of another. Or, you know, 10% and 90%. No, I, you know, we can achieve, you know, 95 and 95. Or, you know, so, and and that's kind of what's driven us on getting this product out there from a consumer perspective. And that's why we see, you know, personal use for ourselves. And that's what makes it. You know, I can show it to my kids, and they immediately understand it.
whether they implement what you're asking them or not is a different thing because kids often don't listen to their parents, right? But but the uh, do consumers realize this now? I think that more and more we're starting to see. Um, you know, retaliation or concern over breaches, right? Uh, you know, there's many applications ask for permission and then go overboard and and and, uh, and leverage your device as their own, right? Um, and use your contacts in a way that you would never use your contacts. And but but do consumers really understand? You know, this that they need something like this. Well, I mean, let's get realistic. No, I mean it's a, <laughs> it's a long education process. You know, you and I understand that there's going to be power users. I mean, there's a certain segment of the population that understands it. I, you know, I think it'll take a long time before everybody really understands it. Um, what do you I mean, think our it's solution take? as well, it's embedded in the operating system. So it's not like this is something you go to the app store, download, bingo, bango, everything's taken care of. I mean, it's something we're embedding into the operating system. So this is a long-term game. It's an ecosystem game. We're going to have to educate people. The first people are the people that are aware of that. And, and, you know, my kids, you know, yeah, they're not worried about permissions and stuff like that. But we also don't like um, we don't like uh, the kind of all or nothing device access. So when we talk about personal spaces, we have a, a special version of personal spaces that we call an open space. It's exactly the same. You know, you have your regular space. It's exact copy of that virtual machine running. Um, but there's no authentication on it. So it's quick access. It's meant for sharing. And uh, so when I tell my kids about that, they love that because there's a whole pile of things that they want to enter the pin for. But then there's a bunch of stuff that they want to be able to just to access very quickly. They want to be able to give their phone to somebody to be able to use it, but they don't want them to be able to access. And everybody's different. I mean, my son was like, I don't want somebody to go on Facebook and pretend it's me and do a post, right? Everybody has their own choice of what they want in their open space and what they don't want people to access. And, and that's fine. I mean, we're not saying you have to do it one way. You can pick it your own way. But that's another way of, of using it. And we've seen, you know, uh, you know, on tablets, there's a, there's a solution for Android. called Restricted Profiles. That's a similar kind of approach. Um, LG uh, on their latest smartphone has a guest mode, which is a, is a similar kind of thing. And there's been a tremendous response in the ability to uh, have a quick access, um, you know, access to certain things like maps and things like that. We're just taking it one step further that we're actually providing the isolation there. So I don't have to have the app sitting in my owner space. I can just put it in the uh, in the guest space. Um, and yeah, when you're driving and somebody's next to you in the car, if you're smart, you should let them do the navigating rather than trying to drive and navigate. But maybe you don't want them to see that email that just came in. So yeah, there's Snapchat. all sorts of use cases. Yeah, I, uh, I think it's Snapchat and Facebook and uh, all the messaging. Yeah. But you know, it's, it, you just paint this great picture. Like you know, I'm I'm very controlling over my phone as most human beings are, right? It's like kind of, I, I loathe handing my phone over to anybody for anybody else to use, except for those circumstances, like you said, in the, in the car, um, or to quiet a screaming child, one of those two instances. Yes. Um, <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can understand that, that need to have uh, open space and then to have controlled or restricted space. And that's controlled, personal controlled home, uh, or controlled personal and controlled work, right? So that there are certain things that are that are just too sensitive to be out there at home or at work, whatever it might be. 
Um, now, so I, I, I mean, this, this is a, a very cool concept. And then there's, you know, I think of that open space as the middle of a Venn diagram, right? Where it's like the apps can overlap a little bit and you've got those apps that, that everybody can use. And then you've got the apps that straddle work and play. Um, but like, is this, uh, do, do, do the operating system, does Android, um, you're doing this embedded into the operating system. Do they, is the sales pitch to them difficult now or is it starting to get easier for them to understand what you guys are doing well i mean for us uh you know we're working with the device oems and uh, the mobile operators um so yeah the mobile operators love this actually they want uh, a simple mdm agnostic solution for workspaces so our model is is that you know for nobody's going to pay for privacy unfortunately uh, <laughs> nobody does you pay and for a lack fine. of privacy, but you don't pay for privacy. That's right. Yes. Yes. So our view is uh, it's free to the consumer. It's free to the device OEMs. Um, really, it's when you want to use it for managed uh, managed spaces for workspaces. And so that's where we work with the mobile operators who are offering enterprise solutions and uh, mobile managed services to enterprise customers. So that's that's really who we work with from a, you know, who's going to pay standpoint. And in that case, um, you know, it's still a BYOD. We can fit into the traditional model. If, if the enterprise wants to buy the phone and they want to lock it all down, I mean, you can still do that. You're just creating uh, two different spaces and one uh, can be wiped independently of the other. So, uh, but we also support the scenario really where IT is a guest on your device. It's not the other way around. Right. That's the way it should be. I mean, you know, there's, well, there was all sorts of things, uh, you know, where on some of the apps uh, it exposed people had different accounts with different true personas and, you know, and it exposed their real persona to work and then work found out things they weren't supposed to find out. So <laughs> won't go into any of those details. <laughs> No, I liked it back, like, you know, I, I long for those days back when, when you know, um, when I left the office, you knew nothing about me, right? I didn't share anything online. It was just, I was I was this guy from nine to five, and I was that guy from five to nine. But those days are over now, right? And, uh, and it's certainly, it's, it, you know, long gone. And um, Yeah. But this must also... Well, we, always, we always said, uh, you remember there's those cartoons... Uh... You know, on the internet, nobody knows you're a dog. Yes. <laughs> Problem right now is it's really tough to be a dog on the internet. It's true. It's so true. <laughs> I mean, they know everything about you. Yeah. They really do. It's tremendously convenient at times, and you love it, but you don't want it all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know? So does this help? This must help, then, the way that you guys have done these, like, um, these managed spaces. They also must help manage your identity in, in a way is, is control is that a better way to control your identity? Yeah, control your identity, yeah. I mean, it's again, it's up to you. So if you don't want to do it and you screw it up, I mean, yeah, it's up to you. You learn your you lesson pretty quickly. You, you can set your accounts uh, differently in different spaces, or you can have no accounts and, and no spaces. So it does allow you to go to be, become more anonymous. And, I, you know, I think that, okay, the Internet maybe was in the, in the old days was, too anonymous, mm -hmm. uh, but there still is a uh, normal contextual situations where you want to be anonymous. And uh, we often use the analogy, we call it the room analogy, but you know, there's a, uh, in your house, you have many different rooms and you know, in my living room, I have my, my family, I invite my friends into my living room, but I don't have the world into my living room. Um, and you know, in my bedroom, it's uh, you know, generally just my wife and I, unless there's a crying baby, of course. Of course. Not what you were Wrong. Not what you were thinking. <laughs> no. 
So, you know, there's different, you know, your, your life is like that. When you go into the media room, you want to relax. You don't want to be bugged by work emails. You want to watch your movie. You don't want things to be popping up. So we live life uh, very differently. And when I go outside of my house, I have my neighborhood, my community, and there's the ballpark across the street. And But when I go to, uh, you know, watch a hockey game, I mean, I don't have to say who I am when I go into the hockey game. I'm anonymous. You know, I can spill my beer if I want to. It's okay. And so I can I think take off my stuff. shirt and paint my chest red and black and the colors of the Ottawa <laughs> exactly. Senators, right? That's that's where I saw you last. Exactly. Robert, uh, just, I have to wear I have to wear a, you know some kind of mask all the time though. I don't like it. I want to be me, right? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, well, I think uh, I think that there is a there still is a time where uh, you know certain anonymity is nice uh, and you can do something. So yeah, I mean, I think we're we're trying to enable that as well. So this, I mean, this must play into the the uh, con, you know conversation around context, right? And and um, you know, I have this philosophy around applications and the temporary nature of applications based on my surroundings, right? Is that I, I don't like often downloading applications for an instance, right? You know, the perfect example is what's going on right now, the Olympic Games, right? Is that I am immersed in the CBC application because it is everywhere I go, I can watch the Olympics and it is the most amazing application on this planet. I've downloaded it on every device that I have, but I know that in 10 days from now or seven days from now, um, or by the time you're watching this, everybody, I will have deleted the heck out of that application because it serves no value. It's a temporary application for me at, in context of the Olympics. And in four years, I will download it again, right? Um, right. So, so context must play a very important role in what you guys are doing because I, I go through different contexts every day and you guys are right in the middle of there with your with your spaces, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I think there's two there's two points there. So there's, there's context on a day-to-day -day basis and then there's the concept of more temporary spaces. So because you know, creating uh, and managing and deleting spaces is, you know, can be done very quickly and without any penalty. It does create uh, all sorts of new opportunities. So if we look at, uh, and the Olympics is a great example, um, yeah, you can download an app. Uh, but that's maybe not how, well, there's a number of issues. One, how do you find that app? So there's app discovery. And then maybe that's not how you want to uh, consume all that information. And are you getting the best of breed when you download whichever app you downloaded and you pick one? And so, so our concept is that you can take uh, space, and it could be an, an event space. It could be Mobile World Congress that I'm going to next week. It could be. Uh, hope you're publishing this soon. <laughs> uh, it could be for uh, an interest, uh, maybe a new movie that came out. It could be a certain celebrity that I'm following. I mean, whatever the, it could be a certain brand uh, that I follow, Ferrari or like F1 racing, whatever it may be. Um, but the idea is that you can download a space and it pre-populates it with a bunch of different apps. Beautiful. And then I can get the breadth best of breed. I get my RSS feeds, I get Facebook, I get Twitter, but it's all been tailored. I get YouTube, I could download clips. I can I can have multiple apps if I want to you know you know Mobile World Congress is a great one I mean I can go to the Mobile World Congress app but I also need to know how to get around Barcelona on the subway I also want to know what are the best restaurants you know so why don't I pick best of breed apps and download that to that space and then I can I get everything and it's actually much easier for the event organizer I mean they can still have their own app or not but they can really do app aggregation in this 
provides for um, you know new ways to discover apps, new ways to uh, monetize that uh, from a marketing standpoint. Uh, you know, banner ads and a lot of the things I've been doing on PC hasn't really translated into mobile very well. It creates a whole new shelf space because right now you know you only have one home screen or a couple of home screens that expand over time and eventually try to consolidate them. This allows you to create new shelf space in a separate space. That's you know Sochi Olympic space. Um, so yeah, all sorts of opportunity. I think you know, personally, I think that's some of the most exciting uh, stuff with this is that you can do new app discovery, new content app aggregation on the endpoint, and it's a new way to interact and and it's safe. So you know, some people say, oh, well, are you a security company? What are you? Well, in the end, security is an underlying foundational type thing. When I know that these spaces are separate and I trust it, I will download all stuff spontaneously. <laughs> I will get more apps. I will do whatever. I know my own stuff is safe. You know, the thing that bugs me the most on the PC is, uh, well, maybe I shouldn't name the companies, but, you know, they, they put in that ask toolbar. You know, you get you get these various things you install something and then suddenly you have a new toolbar and this and that and that's popping up and then you spend you know 10 minutes get deleting it you know i don't want my own stuff to be messed with i have it set up i have my space my owner space set up with a picture of my uh, kids and my wife i want that to stay the same yet in a an olympic space i can have a separate launcher in there the customization opportunities in Android are just so amazing and so fantastic, but I don't necessarily want to have the launcher take over everything on the device. Look at uh, Facebook uh, Home. Yeah, great example. That didn't work so well. Didn't work. Nope. So you put Facebook Home into a space, isn't that perfect? You pop yeah. into that, that's everything Facebook. It's a total immersive Facebook experience but it doesn't take over your uh, your personal area. You know, you brought up so many points there. Like, it's it's amazing. Like, Facebook Home did not work. Like, it just did not work because it was to control the experience in a Facebook look. But Facebook Paper um, also may not have worked. It reached a, a zenith, I think, in a couple of days, and then it disappeared. Um, however, I, the, the concept what you're, what you're talking about here is is containment. Like, if you look at how, like, especially in iOS, and I'm an, I'm an iOS guy, um, but if you think about how we group our applications in iOS, and the same as in Androids, if you've got folders, and the way that we've been doing it since the you know the common GUI was created on the desktop, um, you've you've grouped them by by folders in, and the labels are as you see here, like navigation, news, audio, communications, right? So you you group by concepts, not by context, which is exactly that. So. Sochi, right? Group by Olympic brands, right? Sports, like I'm a baseball fan, right? And a hockey fan. And where's my hockey page, right? And and that's what we're talking about here is around that those branding spaces that really get exciting because I mean I'm a member of Goodreads and it's an you know it's an Amazon-owned company and I use my social network to make recommendations and RDO, the same thing for music. These are my dashboards of recommendations for for media that I want to consume. And I think of what you guys are doing with branded spaces as the same kind of thing is that I, I'm, I participate and then somebody is pushing me some great, amazing content to my device that 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 is very low low energy for me to find, but high impact when I actually do do get in there and explore. Yeah, and the, the interesting concept behind all that is whether you want to have a curated experience or not. Right. Like, let's face it, the, the web has been built upon people doing their own thing and finding their own stuff, and largely it's 
you know, text searches and Google done really, really well on that. Um, is there a role for curated experiences? Because, you know, I was in the content area, so we're all talking about cord cutting and, you know, getting rid of the, you know, why watch movies that, you know, I want to watch everything on my own time. And, you know, you know, my kids even were saying, well, can't I just, I remember putting in a, a VCR tape or one, they said, I want to, you know, jump. A what? Oh, there is no a jump. What? They're like, what? No jump? <laughs> <laughs> like dad you know, so but is there a role for that cure is there a role for programmed content i mean that's an interesting kind of background question right and i was reading an article in the financial post just the other day about twitter and they're saying uh, you know the whole problem is to become mainstream we have to somehow have a curated experience to cut out the noise and uh, you know i hate to say it but i find that personally with twitter is that there's just too much it's noise too much. i have too much stuff already i i can't absorb all that i'd much rather have my colleagues at work you know forward me stuff that i read and essentially they're doing the curating for me i'm i'm lazy in the end but that's exactly the problem that twitter is faced and in this article i read they were using the word curated how do we go mainstream by curating the stream to something, I mean, as you say, recommended uh, streams. And so, yeah, that's a problem that's only going to explode because there's even more and more content and there's more and more information. So I do see value in a curated space. And from our perspective, it's great because it's actually the exact same technology we're using for enterprise spaces, right? I mean, enterprise is also a curated space. Okay, they, they tend to lock things down. Control. And they aren't fun. I think it's control, not curated. It's like, yes, yeah. it's benevolent dictatorship sometimes, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly, yes. Yeah. But, you know, you can always just delete them if you want. Of course, they'll <laughs> delete you if they, if they want to. Exactly. <laughs> the moment that you can't log into your secure space means that you no longer have a job with the company. Right? Is that, that's the new way to get fired. It's not only another text message. Yeah. But but it's that that is that's a fascinating use for something like this is that, uh, you know, I, I, I bring it back to that to that um, to the idea of, of temporary nature of, of something like a, a branded space. And I know we've jumped into this, but it's like say I go to the Ottawa Senators game and I go to uh, the uh, uh, Canadian Tire Center. And, and the moment that I walk in there and I've got, a, you know, um, an Android application, you know, uh, you guys are installed on that. Um, and um, and literally I'm there. There should be would there ever be like an opportunity to just have a little icon that appears like bing, like everything to know about the Ottawa Senators right there. So while I'm in there, it pops up on my on my on my screen on, in the common area. I can move it around if I want. Um, but but uh, I've given it permission, and then it gives me everything that I need to know about the senators. Like not only that, but uh, the Canadian Tire Center, ticket sales, where my seat is, concessions, all that kind of stuff. And then when I leave, it gives me the option to keep something. But I decide. But if I if I decide not to keep it, it just disappears until the next time I'm there. Is that like a, like a, is that kind of a contextual uh, it, um, thing that we're going to start to see? Yeah. Well, I won't uh, say that we're there yet. But yeah. Absolutely. But absolutely. I mean, you you should. Contextually could be done that way and across personal spaces as well. Right, so, right. I mean, the kind of features we're implementing now is the okay, I've attached to my uh, work Wi Fi, and you know, so I know based on the Wi Fi, I mean, these are the things that are happening or time of day, that kind of stuff. So, in some respects, it's like Aviate. I mean, Aviate was a smart launcher company. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're doing the same thing. I mean, you actually you can change the launcher between every space. It's just that there's a, there's a data and app isolation. So there's a bit more control. Uh, there's better personal privacy. You don't have 
one, you know, everything converged in one space that's then sucking all your data. It gives the user control, it gives the enterprise control. It allows you, because of that security foundation, it allows you to, as you walk into Canadian Tire Center at the beginning of the season, you just click on that QR code on the wall and it's there. And then, yeah, ideally it would become very contextual so it only pops up when relevant. Uh, that would be perfect. Or maybe it warrants you these. There's a game on tonight, you know. So, uh, do you want to you want to stream it in this space or not? And you can say no, whatever. I mean that that would be amazing, right? So you you create the the dialogue with the building, so to speak, right? And then whenever you yeah. walk back into that building or whenever there's a game, it it tries to recreate, notify you, of, you know, maybe reestablish that dialogue with uh, with the team. See that that stuff is very interesting, and and I think we're we're loath as humans. Like I'm loath to commit to applications, right? I mean, we we all use six, seven, right. eight applications in a day, um, and they're all the same. But but I believe that there's an opportunity here to say, listen, you know what? I'm I'm in game mode. I'm 100% in game mode. Get me just give me the screen with the game, and I need everything to know about that game at that moment. Like the Olympics, as much as the CBC application, which is amazing, uh, because of one great thing, which is I hit stream and I get to watch every sport in, in the Olympics. Um, but one thing that they don't do very well is context. They don't give me great information in a snapshot. And I need that, but but it, I'm not getting that from CBC. I have to go elsewhere. So um, like there, there's so much, so many opportunities for what you guys are doing here. Um, how, does it, how, do you, how do you maintain that some sort of semblance of a roadmap and a vision when, when things kind of just escalate the way they can? Oh, well, I mean, uh, you know, that's a great problem to have. Yeah, so. I guess. <laughs> you guys are veterans at doing this anyway, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, actually, I think uh, the more exciting part is that, uh, I mean, we're getting uh, we're getting fantastic response and feedback, and it's driving more and more features and things that, you know, we wouldn't have known about, right? So, uh, you know, it's like all the stuff. We'll have to adapt and build on it, and there seems to be ample ideas as to, to make things better and more interesting and more contextual. Um, yeah, you know, we all, we're also working with a lot of the very uh, strict security folks in the world as well. So, you know, what they like is that, you know, initially we went about it from an isolation standpoint. So, you know, most, a lot of systems are built uh, with, you know, it's like Swiss cheese with lots of holes and then everybody spends uh, forever trying to patch those holes. But we actually went from it with a very strong isolation standpoint. So they very they are really really isolated, and if anything, what we're doing is you know poking little wormholes through to you know enable some additional use cases uh, to transfer information between the spaces and then uh, bring more contextual awareness. You know, some of the people we're talking to don't don't want you to even know that that space is <laughs> is on that device. So yeah, many many different requirements there. So lots of lots of fun stuff, but. Uh, yeah, there is still the security element, uh, and the whole MDM enterprise side. There's a you know big debate as to you know how complicated does that need to be as well. So we get into a lot of those discussions uh, about people who do want to take over the whole device, whereas we really are kind of saying, look, we're trying to come at this from a you know you're a guest on the on the device, and uh, uh, you know you don't automatically control the whole device, but it is amazing uh, talking to enterprises, and, you know, especially being over uh, in Korea with the device manufacturers. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, it's hard to do a demo because they put tape 
all over your device. <laughs> Everything's locked down. I mean, when you're you know when you're at work, you can't take pictures. Uh, you know, your audio, your microphone doesn't work, or any of those kind of stuff. So we do face uh, probably our biggest challenge is that kind of pull between you know some tremendous security stuff and then all this really exciting, fun, contextual marketing stuff and you know uh, customization uh, and you know we love all that, but. You know, there's this constant between both sides of the business. You know, I think the extreme is. Uh, I, I uh, did a gave a presentation at uh, the um, the American Embassy here in Ottawa, and I don't know if you've ever been in the American Embassy in Ottawa. Um, you you check your phone at the door, right? So they give you an envelope. You put your phone in an envelope, and you can't bring your phone into uh, into the embassy. And then, uh, so I was up presenting it every, and there's like you get it like there was a. I was presenting to a uh, hundred CEOs, uh, senior executives from around the world that have come here to talk about mobile. And I was presenting to them and I said, you know, just out of curiosity, how many people uh, would download a stray or sideload an app? And you know, their hand, nobody's hand went up because that was the wrong thing to do, right? It's maybe a couple of hands went up. And, and I said, um, okay, yeah, yeah. So you think that that's the biggest security breach you could possibly have? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we don't, wouldn't want to do that. Our IT department would flip. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. How many left their phones with a security guard at the front entrance of the embassy everybody's hand went up and i went so wait you left your phone in its entirety with somebody you don't know in a manila envelope in a box by the front door of this building and you won't sideload an app which is a security breach which is the bigger opportunity you could go out there and your phone will be gone right you guys are powerful guys so it's it's the understanding of of the security challenge that people have with these devices you don't know until you've lost it so what is it going to take what do you think it's going to take for people to realize this is my last question it's a doozer what do you think it's going to take for people to realize that listen you have to own you have to control your identity whether it's on your device or online but predominantly on your device uh, before you wake up one day and it's completely exposed or there's a huge breach, what is it going to take for people to realize that? Is it going to be a big breach? Oh, well, I think it's happening all the time. Uh, so, you know, that's already happened. I guess the question is really, can we get that cat back in the bag? Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, that's a big question. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think you, it's funny you say that scenario because, yeah, that's the, I think the, well, specifically some of the stuff we've done, some of the improvements around SE Android, which is uh, security-enhanced Android, so it's mandatory access control, which prevents really apps, user space apps, from gaining root access. Um, you know, those kind of scenarios are getting hard to do uh, on all of these devices. Um, and so I don't think the threat, I mean, it's, you know, the, the PC is just still such a, you know, opportune area that, you know, maybe the, the real security hackers will focus on on uh, Android more, but yeah. you know when you have to look at those stats when I say the number of malware and all that stuff. Often they're talking about spyware and adware and other things like that that are you know quasi legitimate. You're downloading it correctly, but you're right. The big threat is uh, losing your device. It's crazy. And, and actually, you know, if you leave it on, I'd recommend at least if you're going to put it in the Manila envelope, make sure you turn it off. Yes. Uh, <laughs> But if you leave it on, uh, you know, there's all sorts of mechanisms for, you know, connecting in through the USB port. Uh, I mean, there's crazy attacks like uh, hacking the, the power chargers and all that kind of stuff yeah. in airports. But, yeah, I mean, if you can get a phone that's running, it's kind of trivial to go in and have total access, strip off the system image, 
and away you go. And yeah, so you need encryption, you need all these kind of things. It's a typical uh, layered attack, uh, uh, you know, different uh, different techniques for different uh, threats. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we can cover all those kind of things. But from a personal uh, consumer standpoint, you know, I think, you know, is there going to be one? I mean, it's happening all the time. Yeah. I mean, I got the letter from Adobe. It seemed like half of my friends got the letter yeah. from Adobe about the breach. You know, so that's happening. I think that, you know, that we need to get the technology out there. We need to get the people aware of it. We need to allow them to start to control uh, their identity. Um, you know, we can have the discussion about biometrics and how that all plays. I mean, I know, uh, you know, actually, I, there was an earlier uh, uh, video you did with Ping Identity, which I thoroughly enjoyed, which is all talking about uh, identity and uh, and how you control that. And uh, yeah, I mean, passwords are bad, but at least you can change them. Yeah, you know, exactly. You're in control of those. Yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> so no, I, I don't have a Nexus uh, pass. Cause, <laughs> yeah. uh, fundamentally, I do want to retain control of something. I. You know, the standards in Europe, maybe our product will be a big hit in Europe because I can assure you, you know, like the German market, they do not trust the government at all over there. Most of Europe, they don't trust the government. I mean, we have a very different perspective in North America that's not shared around the world by any means and for very good reasons. Yeah. So, um, so but anyways, with the thing identity, uh, I thought it was interesting because you mentioned that you already group your... Uh, your, you know, who you give personal information on based on, you know, Twitter or LinkedIn or Facebook accounts and stuff like that. So you're, you're a power user. You're doing that. You're, uh, you're doing the necessary things. And I think it'll take a while for everybody to realize that. And this is really just another technology on the device that allows you to prevent apps from stealing your account information and your personal information and allow you to have control of that. So. Well, I am uh, thoroughly excited about what you guys are doing. Um, Alec, where should where should we send people to find more information about uh, what you guys are up to? Uh, well, we have our corporate website, which is graphitesoftware.com. We have our uh, demo and more the consumer uh, website, which talks about the product that, call, that is called securespaces.com. And uh, you can also come visit us at Mobile World Congress in Hall 5. Uh, Seven million four hundred and twenty-three. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, I don't have it in front of me. I apologize, but it's in Hall Five. So right. look us up in Mobile World Congress. We'd love to give you a demo. Love to show you what you can do, uh, how fast it is, how simple it is to move back and forth, and even give you a taste of of some of the branded uh, spaces and that exciting opportunity as well. I'm like I'm excited for you. Like I love you know you, the greatest joy I get. Um, is uh well there's two things one of them is uh, is featuring ottawa companies because i think that uh, you, you know we we are a talented community talented community of software developers manufacturers just smart guys in this city and gals in the city and this and the other thing that i love about what i do here uh is uh, you've seen the excitement uh around a product and the possibility of a, around a product um and not not from me getting excited but from somebody like you who's been doing this but still getting excited enough to come on and talk about it here about the you know uh, about your future and to see it like if you're if you're not watching this you're missing something here is that the little twinkle in the eye you know and I, I like that around uh, CEOs and founders still getting excited about their products so I uh, thank you for doing this Alec and and I wish you all the best going forward oh thank you very much Rob and I appreciate your excitement so thanks for letting us share that without without a doubt guys um, 
I've been speaking with Alec Main, who is the co-founder and CEO, one of three founders uh, at uh, Graphite Software. Go to graphitesoftware.com if you'd like some more information. This is an Ottawa company, an up-and-coming company that you guys should watch. If you have any questions about this, I'm sure that you can reach Alec through the website at graphitesoftware.com. You can reach out to me at robinontether.tv, and uh, I will pass on any information or any questions you have to Alec. Alec, thank you for doing this, man. Thank you, Rob. We'll see you next time on untether.tv.